welcome to the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's season three, match day three, the away game at Zebra. We're here in Marty Rabbits with the Connacht clan, and we've had a, a bit of a strange one today. Um, the match was abandoned due to a thunderstorm over in Parma, and what looks like a, a waterlogged pitch. But um, William, William seemed to have an awful lot of, of good ideas about what was going on in the game, as he reported on Galway Bay. Yeah, well, the uh, the feed here in Murty's sort of came to life absolutely perfectly as the players were going off for half time. <laughs> but um, with some help from Twitter and our podcast colleague Lindley McKenzie, we were able to give a reasonable description of the first half and a difficult and complicated first half it was for Connacht, 22-10 down at half time and seemingly being outplayed by a very fired up Zebra side and they must be absolutely devastated that their chance to get a bonus point win having scored three tries in the first half was taken away by a severe thunderstorm Um, we've seen some video footage now that seems to suggest the whole ground is underwater We've seen photographs of the press box, which was underwater, but now the whole ground and the thunder and lightning continuing. So the safety issue, but I think even if that had stopped, the pitch was was beyond playing on. Yeah, Dave, you you got the video there. Walk through it in detail. Yeah, it's a beautiful video. I mean, it's Italy. It's a moonlit night. The, the, The moon is shimmering off the water and there are people walking around and you think this is a, a typical romantic Italian scene until you remember it's a rugby pitch. That pitch was it was being pounded at halftime, but you, it was definitely a pitch. There was no sign of even still standing water at that stage. And we're talking we're talking less than an hour since it's since the match since that since half time. And it is completely underwater. Now we don't know how deep it is, but it's enough for it to be rippling. So that implies it's at least it's at least six inches. Six inches of water in in, an, in less than an hour. William is right. Zebra will be devastated, but Ian Davies made the right call. You just and he, the fact that it took him 20 minutes is the only controversy about that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the loudest cheer of a quite a substantial crowd of uh, dedicated Connacht fans here was the somewhat optimistic cameraman who, when we were watching the feed of nothing happening, uh, decided he would dry the lens of his camera. So he got out his lens drying rag and uh, wiped his camera dry, but. Uh, the rain was was way beyond uh, that sort of a, an effect. It certainly was, and it, it seems to have saved Connacht because to like three tries to one down um, looked like Zebra were well on top. I was chatting to Lindia Ranger a couple of times during the during the, the half, and she said that we, we played well in patches, but Zebra were were really up for it and were really playing well. And I think we might have got out of jail there. Well, you'd have to feel that. Um, if the game had gone to 60 minutes, as I understand it, it would have been declared a result. So that could have happened. The referee could have started again, although with the lightning, it, was, it was just wasn't possible. And um, it's another stuttering performance at the start of a, of, of, of a very, very difficult early part of the season. Um, off to Slanechley next week to play the Scarlets they are played three, lost three so two teams looking for a bit of redemption certainly are now we'll go to some post-match audio that Lindy McKenzie got for us you went to be a Ritz in a game that should have been called off and wasn't and this one, were you lucky that it was called off? just before the game um, Pat, Pat came to us and just said look fellas um, there's some big storms uh, clouds brewing 
and it obviously took a, nearly 40 minutes for it to come and um, just as we were running off obviously the, the rain started coming down very very heavy well, probably the last 10 minutes it started to come down but it was steadily getting worse and um, the minute we got in into the change room at half time uh, there was quite a, a lot of uh, you didn't, let's just say you didn't need any lights in our change room it was quite heavy um, lightning um, I wasn't in Beeritz a couple of years ago and I watched it on TV and um, I thought it was crazy to play it and I think it's about safety and I think they, they took the right decision there um, unfortunately Zebra feel a little bit um, let down but look you can't go out on a pitch when there's lightning like that and it's it, it is what it is look you can't do anything about it and we'll just have to come back in a few weeks or a few months whenever the case may be and yeah, obviously we're very disappointed that the game is called off. Were you as disappointed though with your own performance? Yeah, look, obviously we conceded a few tries, um, a couple of errors. Um, I was actually the cause of one of the tries. Uh, I just got a little bit too wide and uh, I left too much of a hole and then couldn't readjust to make uh, the tackle. And I think that's been <laughs> that's been the uh, the case for the last couple of weeks. We we're just making simple little mistakes that um, probably we we haven't made and um, I think it's a combination of everyone making small little mistakes which is costing us uh, if it wasn't me this week or today someone else is making them and we're, we're all getting those little mistakes um, punished uh, I think sometimes uh, you make a mistake and someone covers your back and you get away with it and um, you thank them afterwards or you thank them after the game and Pat highlights it on the Monday and you say geez I was lucky and unfortunately for us we seem to be making mistakes for the last couple of weeks and getting punished really hard for them um, I think at times uh, we looked we look good in attack and other times we look at, we looked a little bit laboured but um, it was I'd say if, you, if when the stats come out the ball very similar to last year the ball was in play a lot there in the first half um, you generally see uh, about 15 15 minutes odd where the ball's in play I'd say you're talking 20-25 minutes easy um, both teams wanted to play both teams wanted to get um, the, the ball on, or the ball in play and keep it in play and the referee was the same he um, he let a few turnovers go and um, yeah look it, it makes for exciting rugby but um, this early in the season you, it, it's tough on the lungs but we, we made a couple of mistakes and we got punished very hard for them I'm sure a lot of people think it's doom and gloom and whatever else but if the overall bigger picture is the shape is right our game plan is right we know what we're doing in the game plan we trust in the game plan if we cut out these, these individual errors we know where we're there and I just said to the lads inside we've been in this position before last year we lost to Ulster sorry we lost to Leinster away Ulster at home Scarlet's at home Breve which was probably our worst game of the whole season and then we turned around and went on a six game unbeaten run and with, I think with six bonus points so we've been here before what do we what do we change or what happened um, there and that's what we talked about inside we know what we've what we've to improve and um, the funny thing is is we've improved some aspects that we've we were looked at heavily over the last two weeks and we got some of those things right today and we got some of those things and we've proved on them last week everyone thinks this this is a guaranteed win it's not a guaranteed win they, they've got better every year and with Conor O'Shea um, at the helm and um, he's 
apparently he's been helping them out quite a lot and he's uh, more hands-on role than probably a lot of people think he, he's a very good coach and a very shrewd man and um, they're getting better um, they've recruited and they've brought back more Italian players and they've maybe got rid of a few of the foreign influence that was here um, so they've, re- they've recruited by bringing back in young Italians and trying to improve and get better and look at the end of the day they're getting much much better and they are going to they are going to be teams um, it's not it's not a a wildly known fact but they they went over to Ospreys two weeks ago and they had issues with visas and seven lads didn't play so they didn't train as a team for the whole week and they got a bit of a, a beating they went over to Dragons and uh, less than a week later and Dragons were very lucky to get away with the win so they're not as bad as everyone thinks they're we've got Scarlets next week and um, they're they're uh, a bit like us at the moment yep. they're, they're playing some good stuff but they're getting punished hard and we watched the game as a group last night and um, they were very unlucky to, to lose against Ulster Ulster probably deserved the win but in another game or in another if they got a bit of luck they might have been there thereabouts and look there's a lot of good teams in this league um, it just shows how well or how good we were last year and how finely tuned we were last year we just got to get back to there and we're not going to panic um, we're getting better every game and we've, we're highlighting things we've got to fix and we'll get better. And now we've got some audio that William picked up last week when the rugby cycling stars were in town. Um, Liam Toland and Paul Wallace who had uh, a few interesting things to say. I'm with Liam Toland here who's not doing his day job watching oodles of rugby he's he's just got off his bike he's landed in Galway as part of this fundraising challenge uh, and I'm going to put him on the spot straight away and ask him what did Connacht do last year that they didn't do last Saturday night what I really really liked about what Connacht did last season was they seemed to start everything from the back their back three were phenomenal and to see those guys getting uh, capped during uh, the South Africa trip was wonderful so so much was happening from the back and I just thought that Connacht uh, at the weekend struggled a little bit of that but I think with the management group that they have there and Pat Lamb and, and the senior guys like um, the senior players that they have as well I don't think there's going to be any panic what you need to do is get right back up and start get that victory and we remember a few seasons back when Connacht was at nine in a row they'd lost I don't think we're going anywhere near that of course there's far too much quality far too much quality throughout the side um, and I'd expect them to get back up and get back up and running well, that's certainly what we're hoping for. Looking ahead to the rest of the Pro 12 season, who do you think might... Anybody coming up on the, the wings? Cardiff, maybe? The Ospreys getting back to business? Or who else would you be looking for? Yeah, well, I think Glasgow. You can't go far. I know they've lost players too. Um, and I expect Munster to, to improve drastically. There's a, fr- uh, a breath of fresh air down there. There's been, a, obviously, a cabinet reshuffle of sorts within the management. A couple of guys, actually, Mick O'Driscoll, who's cycling with us here, he's obviously moved on, uh, as, as many others. But I think a fresh, the, the slight changes, uh, the Cork to Limerick thing is going to have to bed in. That's going to be really, really important long-term for them. Um, and I think uh, Razzy Erasmus is going to make a huge difference. Certainly the sounding boards down there. Uh, very interesting Leinster development. Like, so much has happened since we were cycling all week. <laughs> with Lancaster coming into Leinster it's going to be really interesting to see because remember now Irish rugby or world rugby tends not to get guys who might appear to have failed at the very end 
and bring them in and say, hang on, these guys could learn and they could bring a huge amount in. I still think to start off Glasgow are going to be very interesting to, to go by. It's a non-World Cup year, which means Connacht's um, opposition might be slightly different uh, in the opening few weeks. Um, so I would say Glasgow from a, a non-Irish point of view. I expect Connacht to, 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 to do similar to what they did last year. And I think it's a realistic way of approaching at the top six and saying, let's get basics here, let's get into the top six and see where it takes us from there. The big challenge for them is that, wow, every, everyone's coming to Galway now and no one's going to be tricked. So it's going to be really, really interesting. So I'd say summarise, Glasgow definitely would be, would be something I'd look at. I think Munster will certainly improve and you can't, obviously, Leinster and Ulster will always be in the top four thereabouts. So really, can Connacht get back into the top four? I'm in the KBC Bank here in Air Square with Paul Wallace, who's one of the patrons of the Cross Rugby charity, which raises money for esophageal and stomach cancer research by John Reynolds in Trinity College and St. James's Hospital in Dublin. Paul, you're very welcome to Galway. Where did you come from this morning? Uh, we started off in La Hinch and uh, went up for some great sightseeing at the Cliffs of Moher, which we could barely see as far as our hands because <laughs> the, the mist had rolled in. Uh, yes, it was pretty tough early stages, but it cleared a bit, and we got to see a lot of the beauty of the burn as we as we got rolled along. And uh, great to have some of the international uh, players that have come over as well to see uh, the most beautiful parts of Ireland uh, along that route. And of course, they're in Galway as well, so they'll be seeing more of that tomorrow on the way to Clifton. You guys were all very competitive when you were were on the pitch and whatever. So does that transfer onto the bikes as well? Is there a little bit of pushing each other on and looking to be winning little sprints and stuff or is it is it a bit, bit more leisurely and there's a bit of both yeah a, i don't think too many guys are doing it. it's more looking after each other more so it's a bit of the team environment where uh, some some of the former players haven't cycled so much so they've have uh, some of the guys who have are sort of holding back and trying to draft which uh, means they have to use less energy and working as a team to get the guys through it so uh, it's all about us digging in for each other there is a more serious side to this and that's uh, raising money for for cancer research how long have you been involved yourself uh, i've been patient for seven years and this is the fifth year we've been running the cycle and it's been very successful to date and we're hoping to get close to half a million uh, in total for the five years at the end of, the, uh, of this cycle and uh, uh, with the support we're getting we, we hope to get there because the, the funds are so well used for vital equipment which isn't funded uh, anywhere else and uh, the research they're doing is, is groundbreaking and uh, to, to push that forward in the, the fight against cancer uh, you really need uh, gestures like this to, to raise the funds so the people can uh, get the research and both to prevent and to treat I have to ask about Connacht's last performance uh, last season. Uh, last Saturday, perhaps, is something we're, we're trying to draw a veil over. Um, were you surprised by the outcome of the Pro 12 last year? Um, I was, to be, to be honest, uh, but uh, only halfway through the season I was sort of saying, you know what, Connacht have a real shot at this. And as it got to the pointy end, I thought they've had so much momentum, they were going so well, they're playing such a beautiful brand of rugby. Um, I just said, you know, this this is just one of those things. I think they're, they're going to come through and they're going to win, even with, say, a budget much lower than a lot of the other teams and with, with the, the players they have. But what's been great is Pat Lamb and how he's brought on the young players and, and the way they play. They're fearless the way they play and they throw the ball around. Um, and also they work so hard for each other. Now, last 
week, I think one of the big issues is a lot of the players, the intensity wasn't there. I don't think it's anything that can't be fixed. I think Connacht didn't have the, the, the same fight and spirit as we saw last year, but I'm sure uh, in training this week they will have um, galvanised a bit of the, the old fire and I just hope we're going to see that this weekend. And we've had some, some news updates. Dave's going to fill us in. Yeah, I suppose the two major ones this week have been Nihi Adiyalokan has signed a contract extension to the, to the end of the 2019 season. Brilliant news. Very, I mean, as a player who was popular since, since he first stepped on the pitch. But he's great reward for, for, for Nihi as a player who has improved immeasurably since he first started. And good for Connacht as well that we can hold on to these guys that we have brought through from the AIL. The other news is... An unknown player, a guy called Stacey Alley. He's coming from Auckland in the NPC. He seems to be signed as a utility back. I think there are definitely back issues. We seem to be only have, we seem to be, guys seem to be going down the centre. So it's no harm in having an extra body there. We, it's like a Napier. It's like a, we, he's coming from exactly the same situation. NPC only hasn't played for the Blues. You might get another. If we get another Napier, I don't think anybody's going to be too upset. You do run the risk that he could be another Api Peruangi, who just ended up playing almost all his rugby for Galwegians out or being injured and never really, actually didn't play for the seniors. So that's the risk you run. He's coming in. We wish him the best. We hope he's going to be, it will be, he is going to be another Napier and be another wonderful find that Pat's found in the Auckland NPC team. And in keeping with the, the shortened match that we had today, it was going to be a shortened podcast. Dave, the under-19s? 18. 18, sorry, the under-18s are playing Munster today. Yeah, unfortunately um, just a step too far for them. They were level at half-time, 12 all, but they ended up losing, I think, 35-17. They got, they got wins away in Leinster and, and Ulster. This is obviously a good Munster under-18 team. These are young lads, they're still in school. It's nice to see Connacht doing well underage. Some of these guys hopefully will come through to the under-19s and the, into the Eagles at some point. Have you anything else you want to add there, William, at the end of this podcast? No, it was... Uh, Slightly, just very peculiar sort of end to a game. We've we've had weather issues in Italy before with games not starting against, I think, Treviso. We've had that farce of a game in Biarritz that was played on a, a in a swimming pool. But Connor will get that opportunity again. So will Zebre. But they must feel really. They feel that they've been cheated a bit, Zebre. But nothing you can do. No. The man above decided it wasn't going to happen today. There's not much else to say. We'll be back for the Scarlet game.